Hello, I'm Vincenzo Genovese, journalist from Brussels, where I follow you news. In today's episode of The Voices from Brussels, we will look at how the war in Ukraine has changed the common European defense policy, or at least its perception in European countries. Indeed, one of the consequences of this war on the European continent is an increasing support and effort to strengthen the EU defense capabilities. But beyond support for Ukraine's war effort, what is the vision for a European defense policy? The European Union is first and foremost a political and economic union. Its defense dependence on NATO and the United States was too well known. However, war in Europe's backyard has set off alarm bells in Brussels and the EU capitals. European leaders have finally come to terms with the fact that reappraising Europe's defense and security capabilities would allow the bloc to act on its own if needed. The war marked a Zeitenwende, a turn of the times, in the now famous words of German Chancellor Olaf Scholz in the Bundestag. It marked the crucial shift in the EU's defense policies. First, most EU countries chose to increase their defense budgets. If NATO has required its members to spend 2% of their GDP on defense, many EU governments have committed to disburse even more. The most striking example of this mentality shift brought about by the war in Ukraine is Germany, which has added 100 billion to its defense expenditure over the next four years. Other countries are also planning to do so, such as France, which aims to put more than 400 billion euros between 2024 and 2030, an increase of 295 billion over the previous period. The Netherlands, which has announced a commitment of more than 19 billion annually by between now and 2024, and Poland, which is set to ramp up its defense budget to 4% of its GDP in 2023, up from 2.4% in 2022. Even traditionally neutral countries such as Austria have increased their military budgets. Vienna has pledged to bring its defense budget to 1.5% of GDP, with 16 billion over the next four years. Several countries are also looking at improving some form of military service. This development is actually part of a longer-term trend, dating back at least to Russia's annexation of Crimea in 2014. Already in 2021, total European defense funding exceeded 200 billion for the first time, according to a report by the European Defense Agency. Still, the Ukraine war has accelerated this trend. According to a McKinsey assessment, European NATO countries will increase their funding by 53-65% by 2026, compared to a base case of 14% if the war did not occur. As Mr. Giuseppe Borrell said in a tweet mid-December 2022, the threats we face are real, adding, now we must also spend better and cooperate more to support Ukraine, address urgent needs, 
and prepare for the future. To better understand the meaning of this move, I contacted Marie Bretou from European Union Institute for Security Studies, one of the most prominent experts in this field. Ms. Bretou, which role is the war in Ukraine playing in the EU defense building? Throughout these last two months and uh, ever since, you know, the brutal uh, attack of Russia in Ukraine in the beginning of the war, we've seen that the EU uh, as a whole and its, uh, its member states have really stepped up and committed to supporting Ukraine, uh, no less by sending, like you mentioned, um, weapons and, and lethal weapons even to an active war zone on European soil, which is really a first um, and, and was certainly not expected or, I guess, was very much welcomed by the international security community because the EU has really been able uh, to step up as an actor in these last months and especially also provide um, substantial support to, uh, to Ukraine. However, beyond support for Ukraine and the necessary engagement with NATO, is there a clear vision for an EU-wide defense? Are EU member states capable of jointly envisioning a location to the right areas based on shared priorities to avoid fragmentation and gain scale? Starting with equipment. In the Union, while the procurement of military equipment is still primarily conducted on a national basis, in recent months some Eurowide initiatives seem to pave the way for increased cross-border cooperation. The first common instrument to be created and used by the EU, the European Peace Facility, is intended, despite its name, to finance military assistance worldwide with European funds. It was launched in 2021, but the war in Ukraine gave it a massive boost. Previously used to finance training missions in countries such as Mali, Somalia and Niger, the EPF money is now used to buy weapons for a country at war, meaning to reimburse the cost of supplying to Ukraine by its member states. For Ukraine, the EU has spent 3.6 billion, more than half of the entire EPF budget until 2027. At the moment, the EPF sits outside of the formal EU budget. However, for Marie Bretou, in the long term, this will result into a structural commitment in the bloc's budget. How the military support to Ukraine can affect the EU budget for defense, Marie? efforts uh, are of the EU and, and, and the European Peace Facility are geared towards supporting Ukraine. Okay. Um, but that being said, uh, I think that the European Union has, uh, has really seen that um, for the next round of the Montaigne financial framework, it will uh, likely uh, contribute more um, uh, efforts and also more budget towards uh, defense policy which in the last years has been uh, you know going down comparatively so I think that we've seen and we've started a new sort of page uh, in terms of defense budgets to come. Other steps also seem to suggest a new common vision of how EU member states should act in this field. The launch of the European Defense Fund with a budget of almost 
8 billion euro for the period 2021 to 2027 was a breakthrough. For the first time, the union's budget was allocated to defense spending. Another program with another acronym is helping the 27 member states to team up on defense expenditure. The European Defense Industry Reinforcement through the Common Procurement Act, EDIRPA, worth 500 million, which is also paving the way for a future European defense investment program. However, maintaining cohesion and ensuring unity is probably the main challenge not least because some EU countries, in particular in the East, such as in the Baltic countries, prefer relying on NATO for their security. I went to the European Parliament plenary session in Strasbourg to ask this to Andrius Kubilius, who is a former Lithuanian Prime Minister and is now member of the European Parliament for the EPP. All the EU member states, you uh, know, uh, with... Uh uh, with very small exception, you know, are members of NATO. Uh, and then, you know, uh, when we are starting to talk about uh, European uh, defense capabilities, it sounds like this is outside of NATO. And that makes some kind of confusion, you know, so what, <laughs> what we want to do, you know. Uh, so that is what, what, uh, what on the European side we need to, in some way, to... Mm, to come down to more clear understanding what we want to achieve. Because when somebody is speaking about a Roman, European army or some, some, something like that, especially in our countries, you know, Baltic states, which are very much, you know, expecting that NATO is our, you know, core, core institution of our, you know, for our security, we are very much afraid of some kind of fragmentation, you know, and weakening NATO. The question of coordination between these EU defense and security initiatives and NATO action is indeed a key issue for the future. Moreover, several aspects related to multinational cooperation within the EU may slow down common defense planning, as analyst Dick Zande of Kling and Dial suggests. Differences in language and culture, historical and geographical factors, and national industrial interests. Therefore, despite the obvious advantages of EU-level coordination in terms of scale and sectoral budget allocation, many EU governments continue to plan their military purchases at the national level. As stated in 2022 report of the European Defence Agency, member states generally consider cooperation only when it coincides with the national plans, benefit national industry or consolidates a strategic partnership. What seems to be lacking is a common and shared goal among EU countries. MEP Kubilius which obstacles do you see to the development of a common European defense system? If we are talking about European, you know, defense uh, system, what we are talking about? You know, because uh, resources which are needed, you know, are very huge. And, you know, member states uh, are not able, you know, to have separate uh, resources for, for EU military capabilities and for NATO, you know, military capabilities. So, 
So that is where, where you know, on NATO level, I do not see any problems on this, you know, cross-border cooperation, uh, whatever, you know. Uh, of course, there are always, always, you know, uh, issues where we need to improve ourselves, but, you know, but I do not see any, any major problem. Or if we are talking about EU member states cooperation, again, that is a question. So <laughs> what is a what is strategic goal and, and what we want to achieve? With this long-standing question, I leave you today, not without giving you an appointment for the second part of this investigation on a future European defense very soon. Stay tuned.